Good evening. Let's call to order the Planning Commission meeting of Monday, August 28th, 2023 at 7 o'clock p.m. Before we get started, I'd like to remind participants of some procedural items for this meeting. During the meeting, remote participants remain muted when not speaking. If remote participants have a question or comment, please use the raise hand feature. Speakers will be called upon to speak one at a time, and a random order voice vote will be administered by the recording officer for each vote. Members of the public may participate in person, online, or by telephone to provide public comment. Please submit a speaker card to the recording officer in person or use the raised hand feature online to request to speak. That's star nine on telephone. Location and teleconference meeting details are available on the agenda. And captions are available to viewers accessing this meeting via Zoom. Captions can be displayed or hidden using the live transcript button. Comments on matters not on the agenda must be submitted prior to the time I call the item for oral communications. Comments on agenda items must be submitted prior to the time I close the public hearing on the agenda item. Speakers are requested to keep their comments no more than three minutes, and time limits will be strictly enforced. Guidelines are posted on the city's website and on the meeting agenda. Please join me in the salute to the flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Recording officer, may we please have the roll call? Commissioner Howard. Here. Chair Pine. Present. Commissioner Shukla. Present. Commissioner Davis. Present. Commissioner Cerrone. Present. Commissioner Howe. Present. We have six commissioners present and Vice Chair Iglesias' absence is excused. Thank you. Uh, that brings us to oral communications. Uh, members of the public will now have an opportunity to address the Planning Commission on topics not listed on tonight's agenda. This section is limited to 15 minutes and may be extended or continued after the public hearing general business section of the agenda. Individuals are limited to one appearance with a maximum of up to three minutes per speaker. As a reminder to the public, please submit a speaker card to the recording officer, raise your digital hand now, or dial star nine on a telephone if you wish to address the Planning Commission. I will call members of the public participating in person first, then the recording officer will ask remote participants to unmute their microphone when it is their turn to address the Planning Commission. Speakers will have three minutes to speak and the time will be displayed on the screen. I have no speaker cards for oral communications. Is anyone else interested in speaking under oral communications before you hear from remote speakers? If not, uh, recording officer, do we have any remote participants wishing to speak under oral communications? Not at this time, Chair. Thank you. I'll go ahead and close oral communications, and I'll go ahead and open public comment on consent calendar items. Members of the public wishing to address the Planning Commission on the consent calendar, please submit a speaker card to the recording officer. Use the raise hand feature now or dial star nine on telephone to indicate that you wish to speak. Uh, I will call members of the public participating in person first, then the recording officer will ask remote participants to unmute their microphone while it is their turn to address the Planning Commission. Speakers will have three minutes to speak and the timer will be displayed on the screen. I have no in-person speaker cards for the consent calendar. Our recording officer, do we have any remote participants wishing to speak on the consent calendar? We do not, Chair. Thank you. I will now ask for a motion from my colleagues. Uh, Commissioner Howe. I move the consent calendar, the Planning Commission meeting, meeting minutes of 
um, August 14th. Thank you. I second. Commissioner Shukla. Commissioner Shukla seconds. Uh, recording officer, please conduct a roll call vote. Commissioner Davis. Yes. Commissioner Howard. Yes. Commissioner Howe. Yes. Commissioner Cerrone. Yes. Chair Pine. Yes. Commissioner Shukla. Yes. The motion passes with six yeses and Vice Chair Iglesias absent. Thank you. Uh, that brings us to our public hearings general business section of the agenda. Uh, our first item, item two, is 23-0704, proposed project related applications on a 0 0.40 acre site special development permit to allow demolition of an existing one-story single-family residence and conduct eight three-story townhomes and tentative map to subdivide the parcel into eight lots plus a common lot. The location is 444 Old San Francisco Road. Uh, the file number is 2020-7112 and the zoning is R4PD, which is high density residential and a, and a planned development combining district. Is there a staff report? Uh, yes, we do. So good evening, commissioners. My name is Asta Vashisht. I'm project planner for this application. Before we move on to the presentation, I just wanted to make a few minor corrections to the staff report. So on page three of eight of the staff report, it says that under the site design and layout, I think it's like the fourth line, it says that the average unit size is 2033, but it's actually 2490 square feet. Uh, then on the next page, um, it says there are steel entry doors and garage doors. So uh, those entry doors are not steel doors, they are fiberglass doors. And the garage doors are steel doors with wood uh, fox-like finish. Um, so now moving on to the presentation, um, we can move to the first slide, please. Thank you. So the project includes redevelopment of this uh, corner lot. It's around 0.4 acre in size. And uh, the project includes demolition of the existing one-story single-family home and construction of eight three-story townhomes. It also includes on and off-site improvements. And for the scope, they need a special development permit. They also need a tentative map permit to allow subdivision of this existing lot into eight separate lots for individual ownership and then a common lot. Next, please. So this neighborhood, um, and if you look at this uh, site here, it is located at the southeast corner of Old San Francisco Road and Cezanne Drive. Uh, it is a very mixed neighborhood in terms of, uh, you know, the size and also the uses around it. Uh, it is a block north of El Camino Real. And across the street from Cezanne Drive, there is a shopping center across the street from Old San Francisco Road. There are a mix of non-residential use. There's also a church. And right next to this site, it's sharing two of its property lines with a two-story senior housing development. The closest portion of the neighboring property include driveways and surface parking area. And the closest building on the neighboring property is over 60 feet from the shared property line. Now, next to the senior housing are four-story apartment buildings. Next, please. 
So a little bit background about this site. The general plan designation is high density residential, and it allows for a density between 25 to 36 dwelling units per acre. The zoning district is R4, which is again high density residential and allows for a density up to 36 dwelling units per acre. Uh, it also has a combining district. It has a planned development combining district. Now, this combining district allows for creative and flexible development of the site. It also allows deviation from the underlying um, zoning district standards. Now, we have a policy within the general plans housing element that requires a project to build at least 75% of the maximum allowed density. Now, for this law, the maximum number of units are 13 and 75% would be nine units. So this project short, falls short of one unit to meet the 75% density. But uh, as we'll discuss it later in the presentation, this site has some site constraints. They're also proposing ownership units. Uh, so we find this negligible. We also find that this project, it substantially complies with this policy and also the underlying intent of the policy. Next, please. Looking at the site here, the site is almost rhombus in shape. Um, it's not exactly rhombus because old San Francisco facade is a little shorter than the Cezanne Drive facade. It's shorter by like 10 to 12 feet. The existing single family home has its driveway approach along old San Francisco road. And as part of this redevelopment, the applicants are proposing to close that approach and propose a new driveway approach from Cezanne Drive that will provide vehicular access. Um, the, there are eight units there within this U-shaped three-story building. And each of these units have uh, three bedrooms. They have attached two-car garages. Um, and uh, each of these garages, um, they are at least 450 square feet in area. And uh, the applicants, they provided additional 50 square feet for the garage to accommodate the single family uh, recycling and trash facility service that they're proposing. So it will help them in storing the individual carts there uh, because they're proposing uh, two car garages. They also meet the lockable storage requirement and bike parking requirement. Um, now, each of these units, they are between 2,400 to 2,600 square feet in area, and the average is close to 2,400 square feet. The project, it meets the parking requirement um, of our zoning code. They provide four additional unassigned parking spaces. Uh, they meet a majority of development standards, except they are requesting deviation from the usable open space and front yard setback, which we'll discuss later on. They also have shared open space on the northeast corner. Um, and um, out of these eight units, five of these units are along the street. So three units along Cezanne Drive and two along Old San Francisco. And each of these units have the individual stoops that provide direct visual and physical connection of the entries of these units to the sidewalk. They also have their patios, which are between 200 to 400 square feet in area, and they are enclosed by three um, feet tall walls. Um, so uh, the project is also proposing uh, off-site improvements. So they'll be widening the sidewalk um, along Cezanne Drive. They, are, they also have a four feet wide street dedication to widen it. Um, they'll also be planting street trees and a street light. Next, please. So here's a 
here's a view from old San Francisco Road in Cezanne Drive. And we're mostly looking at Cezanne Drive frontage with three units here. Um, so the proposed architecture style, it can be categorized as contemporary uh, because of the modern details and also the uh, rectilinear forms they are using. Uh, the project is using a combination of siding, they're using stucco, they're using fiberglass windows, and they're proposing fixed glass windows or double hung windows. Um, they are proposing standing seam metal roof, um, and um, they have also integrated the screen for rooftop mechanical equipment within the roof design. And here again, we can see the individual residential stoops. We can see the three feet walls defining the um, private patio areas. Next, please. This is also oh, next. Yeah, this is the elevation along Cezanne Drive. This is the same thing we, look, we were looking at, but here we can also see the doors. These are colored doors. These are not steel doors, but fiberglass doors. And we can see all the other details. They've also worked on breaking the facade vertically, you know, with the wall plane changes, they have this vertical, you know, um, this projecting facades on the second and third floor level. Next, please. So this is the elevation along old San Francisco, pretty much the same details, individual stoops and you know similar details. Next, please. This is the facade that will face the driveway approach to the neighboring property from old San Francisco Road. So it has again three units. Next, please. This is the south elevation. It's looking um uh okay, yeah. This is looking into the central drive aisle that provides access to the garage. And this central drive aisle also screens the garage entries from the neighboring streets. Um, during the study session we had with planning commission and community outreach meeting, there were concerns about the lack of articulation on the facade. And in response, the applicant has worked on adding more details here. They have added balconies with cement board that kind of adds a play of you know, light and shade. Um, it, they have also incorporated in more materials. They have also integrated the uh, roof screen for mechanical equipment within uh, their roof design. Next, please. And this is what it look, used to look like before. And you know, here we can see that it was much more flat. It did lack a lot of details. So overall, uh, the proposed design, it is compatible with the scale and character of surrounding neighborhood, which is pretty mixed. The project also complies with the objective design standards that are within the city's high density residential design guidelines. Next, please. So this project is subject to the below market rate housing requirement for the city. Now, uh, cities below market rate housing requirement for ownership projects, it applies for the projects that have at least seven or more units, and it requires at least 15% of units to be affordable. So based on that requirement, this project requires at least 1.2 below market rate unit. Now, uh, the applicants, they are requesting an alternative to satisfy this below market rate housing requirement. They are requesting to pay an in lieu fee instead. Um, to, to make that request, you know, if this project is approved, then they'll have to apply for another planning application, which will be uh, reviewed by our housing division. It will have to go 
through Housing and Human Services Commission review, and they'll provide the recommendation. And finally, it would need city council's approval. Now, if city council denies the request, then they'll have to provide at least one below market rate housing unit and pay for the fractional unit. And all these details, they are included in condition BP9. Next, please. So the project is also submit, subject to the housing legislation. It's subject to the Housing Accountability Act. And what it really means is that this project is only subject to objective standards. So objective standards are the ones that don't involve any personal or subjective judgment. Uh, the project also utilizes Senate Bill 330. They filed a preliminary SB 330 preliminary application on June 9, 2023, which locks them to all the fees, ordinance, standards, policies that were in place at that time. So, for example, this project is not subject to the citywide objective design standards that was adopted in end of June, or it's not subject to uh, the city's general plan noise and air quality element, which was adopted on July 25th. Uh, and it's also subject to the fees that was in place at that time. Now this project, it does not qualify for California state density bonus law because they're not proposing any affordable housing. And that law only applies when a project is proposing at least 10% affordable units. So therefore this project is subject to a standard parking requirement. They cannot apply reduced parking. They cannot ask for waivers or incentive. Next please. Now, for California Environmental Quality Act, this project classify, uh, qualifies under Class 32 categorical exemption. Now, this exemption is for infill development projects that are within urban areas. Now, uh, the project, it meets all the CEQA required findings, and we have included the analysis in attachment three. Next, please. So as we discussed before, the project is requesting two deviations. The first deviation is from the front yard setback. For R4 zoning uh, district, they require at least 20 feet front setback. And in this case, they required front setback on both Cezanne and Old San Francisco Road, and they fall short of that requirement. So they are proposing uh, close to 13 and a half feet on Cezanne Drive and nine and a half feet on Old San Francisco. Additionally, for R4 zoning district, um, there's an additional setback requirement for upper stories above the first floor level. For this project, the setback requirement is 25 feet on the upper stories. Now the applicants, they have provided a justification letter and in the letter, they state that they are requesting the deviations to allow the number of units they want to propose. So they want to accommodate the eight units. They, they also uh, justify that this allows them to meet other development standards, like you know the setbacks on the other sides or solar access or landscaping. Now, staff finds the requested deviation to be reasonable because as we discussed before, this site does have a unique shape. And because it's rhombus in shape, almost rhombus in shape, it does have very large street frontages. And the design also proposes between two to three feet of recess on upper floor level, which meets the intent of the additional setback requirement. And the intent really is to reduce the visual impact of upper stories from the street level. Next, please. The second deviation is from usable open space. Now the minimum required is 380 square feet per unit and R4 also requires 80 square feet of private usable open space. Now the proposed is 334 square feet per unit. Um, so in our code, 
since they're asking for a deviation from the front setback, they're not meeting the minimum front setback requirement. We don't uh, count the usable open spaces within the front setback. And as you may recall, when we were looking at the site layout, five of the units are along the street frontage and they had their patios within the usable open space. So those are not counted towards the 334 square feet. And if we actually count them, uh, they're proposing close to 500 square feet per unit, which significantly exceeds the minimum requirement. Uh, so considering that staff is supportive of the uh, usable open space deviation because it meets the intent of the requirement. Next, please. So while we were reviewing the project, we also uh, looked closely at the noise level. Now, the, this project, it is subject to general plan safety and noise element, which was the previous version, not the updated version. So under that element, uh, they have standards for exterior noise levels, and these are categorized into three. So normal, acceptable, normally acceptable, conditionally acceptable, and unacceptable. And these are based on LDN unit, which is, um, you know, acronym for the average night and day noise levels. So normally acceptable is within 60 LDN, conditionally is between 60 to 75, and unacceptable over 75. Now, the applicant, they proposed um, us a noise study from an acoustical consultant, and they found that the exterior noise levels on the site will be between 64 to 66 LDN. And this is mainly from the noise that, that's coming from the adjacent streets and also the noise that is coming from El Camino Real. So this is within the conditionally acceptable range. And general plan, it allows permitting conditionally acceptable range, provided there is a detailed analysis of the noise reduction measures. Now, the acoustical consultant states that um, the, the project can achieve the normally acceptable noise level uh, within the site uh, if they propose a six feet tall solid fence all along the street frontage. Now, this would have a very, uh, you know, uh, detrimental impact on the streetscape and also on the quality of pedestrian environment. So staff is recommending permitting the conditionally acceptable noise level for the project. Next, please. So in conclusion, uh, the project, it does for the city's goal of providing ownership unit. It is in substantial compliance with uh, the the housing elements policy for 75% density. The project uh, applicants, they are requesting uh, to meet the below market rate housing requirement by uh, paying in lieu fee, and that will be subject to the city council's approval. Uh, the project is uh, well within the scale and character of surrounding neighborhood. It's unlikely to have any negative impact on the surrounding neighborhood. It is in compliance with the city's um, high density residential design standards. And it will also, um, it's also proposing a number of on and offsite improvements, which will generally enhance this neighborhood. So therefore we are recommending approval of the project. We are recommending alternative one, which is to approve the special development permit and tentative map and find the project categorically exempt under CEQA. Thank you. Thank you. And as a reminder to my colleagues, please use the raise hand feature or alt wide indicate that you wish to speak. Uh, first up is Commissioner Davis. Thank you for the excuse me. Thank you for the presentation. Um, I had a question about how we got to nine units uh, from 
when they're 13 allowed and the policy says at least 75 percent um how do, how do we end up at nine units instead of because 75 percent would be 9.75 which is a lot closer to 10 than nine yeah so we typically don't round up the units uh, we round down when we are calculating the density so they need to have at least you know that much area per unit um so that's why we round down in this case okay so um and I'm a little confused by the term substantially compliant. Um, they're not asking for a waiver. Um, if we agree to substantially compliant, what exactly are, are, are we saying with that? Because it's not compliant. So I think it's it's a policy. Um, so uh, we we are we we find that you know since it's only one unit short. At, and it meets the intent of the policy. And I think the intent of the policy is really to, you know, utilize the site properly and have, you know, uh, you know, significant number of units there and not have it underdeveloped. So we feel that, you know, because also of the unique site constraints they have mm -hmm. and, you know, they, um, because of the way they are designing and all the other landscaping requirements and other things, we feel that eight units, um, is appropriate for this site and it does meet the intent of the policy. Okay, so substantially compliant means we're deciding close enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it also, yeah, we, we are also looking at the intent, what the intent of the policy is. And because it's a policy, it's not, you know, um, a zoning okay. standard. Um, you said there are plans to widen the street? Uh, the sidewalk. The sidewalk, only the sidewalk, yeah, not the street the itself. Sidewalk, okay, yeah. that's that's good. Um, and there are no density bonuses. Um, if they had gone a path of looking for density bonuses by having affordable units and so on, um, how how dense could this have gotten? How many units would it uh, have amounted to? I'll have to get back to you, but it's also based on what uh, level of affordability they're proposing mm -hmm. and how many units they're proposing. So I'll have to check in my calculator and I can get back to you, you know, just do a quick calculation. Okay. And so you said the other, pro the, the senior property, mm -hmm. um, the closest building is 60 feet from the property building. Mm -hmm. Um, if I'm looking at this properly, uh, what's the setback from the the property uh, between the building and the the property on the on the applicant side? So it is, you know, uh, along the side. That's the driveway. That's yeah. that's from the old San Francisco. That's 15 feet. So from you know this building to their building, it would be at least 75 feet. At least 75 feet. Mm -hmm. Okay, and if. I understand this correctly. Um, the, the overall height of this is about 36 feet. Um, let me quickly double check. I think it's more than that. 36 feet. Um, and I believe our, uh, for townhomes, we allow up to 45 feet. Let me just double check our project data attachment. I think it's more than 36 feet. So it is, okay, looking at that. So it's 47 feet and maximum is 55 feet. Okay, 40, sorry, I have 10 off <laughs> roughly, 47 and 55. Okay. Um, okay, and thank you. That's all my questions thank for you. now. Thank you. Next up is Commissioner Shukla. Sorry, but yeah, I think, uh, thank you for the presentation. Um, I have a question about um, 
the community space they have proposed uh, is it going to be used by all the units or only three units which are not getting um, the the front yard so it would be for all the units actually even the units that are in the back they will have their you know private patios um, but it will be shared with all the units on the corner side it's a, like behind the two parking lots and yeah things, yeah okay. behind the corner unit and between the parking space and then um, another question was there was a condition of like private street name they will have to give what is that street is that the driveway they will give yeah so that's something that is determined by you know uh, our department of public safety and they'll uh, and also building division so we'll will determine if they need a new street for the addresses for all these eight units and if it's needed then we'll go through our uh, street naming policy oh, okay thank you those are thank questions. you thank you next up is commissioner Saroni. Uh, thank you, Chair, and thank you for the uh, excellent presentation. Thank you. Uh, so I just have a few questions. The uh, uh, I'm sure it's in there, but I couldn't find it. The EV charging, how many uh, uh, you know EV chargers are there, or or are there outlets in the garages for uh, that make that possible? I would assume there are. Yeah, so I, I think yeah, we didn't go to that level of detail at this stage, but at the building permit stage, because they're subject to, you know, the reach code and EV charging requirements. So I think all the garages would need to be equipped to have EV chargers. Okay. On the um, the noise, uh, uh, the study by Stan and Shelley, uh, there were several specific recommendations to reduce the noise. And there was, it seemed like kind of a vague reference in the conditions of approval, uh, BP 30, that that they would be in there. But it, uh, can you clarify that all of those recommendations by the consultant will be in the conditions of approval? Okay. Let me just double check that. Okay. We'll review. Okay. So yeah, we in this condition, we require that their acoustical consultant reviews the final construction drawing and they confirm that um, all the measures that they're proposing will meet our city standards. Good. Yeah, because that would make a, a difference. Uh... Yeah, not including the fence, just wanted to clarify. Right, right. Yeah. Yes, yeah, no, I agree. The fence is not a, a good idea. Uh, and, and these other measures should... Uh, uh, ideally, we'd just slow down the cars on those streets. I don't know why they need to be zooming down Suzanne. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's only a block. Anyway, uh, but that's outside the scope of this project. Um, one of the units, and uh, uh, whether it's uh, on the drawings, it's Unit 7. One of them says it has an ADA entry. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, are there any ADA requirements for a development like this yeah so there are requirements for ada parking and i think there's a requirement to have at least you know one unit ada compliant and maybe applicant can also go into detail about that but i think that was really the intent to be the ada compliance and our building safety division will also be looking at it at the building permit stage so if there's uh <clears throat> so there's an, an entry but once they make it through the which i assume is a ramp once they get inside the unit they're 
they're looking at three stories of mm -hmm. stairs, right? Mm -hmm. So is that ADA compliant? Um, I'm not exactly sure, but it's pretty common for us to have these kind of, you know, townhomes where that's the case, like two or three stories. So I'm not sure of the details. Maybe the applicants can touch base on that. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, another question would be, can they, could they do a stair lift on, mm -hmm. on some of these units? Mm -hmm. um, uh, that would be uh, useful. Yeah, no, I, and we've seen that on a lot of these units, even the, like right. the last project we looked at, mm -hmm. the, uh, uh, we asked about that and they said, well, if you can't go upstairs, you shouldn't get one of these units. Well, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's not, uh, not a good answer yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this particular unit is is a great location for senior living, right? It's right. Got, there's a medical center there. There's all mm -hmm. this shopping right there. There's a, a, another senior living uh, center right next to it. It it would just be a great location for for seniors, and uh, but they will have to be pretty spry, I guess, to go up and down those uh, three uh, levels of stairs. Um, just a quick question, SB 330, is that something they, uh, you know, they apply for the permit under SB 330 or does it just automatically apply to every development? So SB 330 preliminary application is optional. That's something, you know, some developers opt for. And if they do that, they are locked into the policy standards and fees that are subject you know, that uh, when they file the application, they're kind of locked in. So some developers choose to do that. Not everybody does it, but in this case, they did. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I had a couple questions. Uh, first of all, uh, regarding the street, regarding the subdivision, uh, how would these units, do we know how these units would be uh, essentially designated when at after everything's said and done, like would we would be talking 444 old San Francisco unit A, et cetera, or would they have their own individual? So yeah, or? that's something that, you know, we decide at the building permit stage and it's it involves building safety um, and also Department of Public Safety because it's also related to our emergency services. So it should be in a way that's, you know, kind of efficient for them to respond so they'll make that decision and we'll just follow the uh, naming based on that and just to, just to add on that they the building division typically prefers numbers for each unit rather than having like a unit a b or unit one two yeah. so we'll have like a an actual street number and most likely for this because you have the the units that face either old san francisco or saison so they'll probably have a number for you know for, for each unit like an actual number yeah, that you kind of anticipated where I was going with this, which was at which was to advocate that the units that face Saison should have Saison addresses and not old San Francisco addresses if possible. So you anticipated my my direction of questioning. Uh the other thing I actually other kind of quick thing I wanted to get into, and honestly, that's not it's not even so much about this project in particular, but because I think this may actually be the first time we've seen, at least while I've been on the commission, that we've seen a project that was an SB 330 application, but didn't use the state density bonus and was not asking for concessions and waivers under the density bonus. So if I, and again, I'm not, 
not saying we should do this for this project, but like, would things like the 75% density requirement, the request for setback deviations, uh, be considered objective standards that like, if I were, if we were so inclined, we could say, okay, this project does not meet objective standards and we're denying it or imposing significant conditions to meet them. Um, well, with, with this one, the, the dev, there, it's deviation. So it's kind of how we, we did it pre SB 330. Right. So it's not an automatic, you know, waiver or concession. Like, yeah. So like, there are certain fines we had to make to support them. We as staff think that they are supportable. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah I, I, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying that I don't think they're supportable. I'm just, I, I'm just kind of interested in legally, like if I want it to be, if I want it to be, super cranky about it i could basically say i cannot make the findings i could basically it would be at least hypothetically legally grounds to deny I, and again i'm not I, i'm not saying this is something i actually want to do i'm just it, it it's just this is i think the first time we've seen it and at least in a while we've seen a project where that where it wouldn't have been density bonus waived out yeah, I mean it's still subject to SP three thirty because it's is considered a housing development project. Right. So but, it, it does have to meet objective standards. Right. But um yeah, again, yeah, there's, yeah, there's just I, no no waivers. No, <laughs> I'm, I, yeah, again, I'm not I'm not advocating I'm not advocate I'm not advocating for this. I'm just I'm just thinking like, but like the I'm just trying to kind of lay out what our options are as a legally speaking as a commission and and the one i'd actually be the most curious about would be the no, would be the noise level because like and again i'm not i'm not saying we should do this but like if if we wanted to as a commission just say like condition the say okay we do want to do the fence and we're imposing that as a condition would that be something we could legally do Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically we just follow the our code for for deviations for special development permits because um, there are you know findings that would have to be made. Yeah. But um, yeah, it 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 it's, it might be a little pro problematic for any denials just because of the the SB three thirty um, if it's not meeting the objective standards. But um, yeah, like I get like I guess the point I'm making is that. I would think stuff like the 75% density requirement, the setbacks would be considered objective standards. And like, mm -hmm. that is my thinking. And if they're, if I'm wrong about that, I, mm -hmm. I'd like to know, not even for the sake of this project so much as so I can drop a study issue saying, okay, how are these not objective standards? And can we please fix that ASAP? <laughs> sure. Uh, and I guess the other question I had that's kind of on a related line is that, is there any risk of saying of like, if we went with like alter, with alternative one, would there be any risk that granting the deviations in this case could put us on weaker legal footing if we were to want to impose them in a future, in a future project? And I'm thinking that specifically like with the 75% requirement, I. I think the art, like, I'm pretty sympathetic to the argument that this is kind of a weird lot shape. It's, 
in raw numbers, it is one under, so it's not a very large deviation. I, th I tr that is that makes a lot of sense for me in this case, but I do not want to be setting any kind of precedent saying that we are that it's open season on going under seventy five percent because in the vast barring pretty that's something I don't want to get in the habit of doing. So I think yeah, the, the deviations, you know, um, that's something that can be considered under a plan development because it's also PD site. And we look at it case by case basis. So it's not like if we approve it for this project, we have to approve, approve it for other projects. So it is discretionary and uh, PD does have that provision to allow more flexibility for these kind of sites. Yeah, and I think the other reason is that this is kind of a smaller site. If this was a larger site and they were pretty short on units, then we would have more of a concern about that. Yeah. Um, but just given it's it's an ownership project, which is also a, another goal for the city, and uh, there's other site constraints that would um, be challenging to kind of fit in the, the ninth unit. Um, we, we felt comfortable with, with this one, and given that it's only one unit off. But like I said, if it's for a larger project where it's, several different units that would be under then it's like well they, they should be adding more and i think it just depends on the project type because it's more like uh, townhome units if it was apartment building it'd be easier to add in more units um theoretically but um but yes we we understand your concern we yeah we like, wouldn't want to make yeah. this precedent either. yeah no, yeah like i follow i follow what you're saying and honestly i trust staff to have the right recommendation on this kind of thing. I just don't want to be in a situation where, where we're sitting back, where we're sitting here and there's some project and somebody's saying basically you have to let us at, you know, 70% or 65% or whatever, or we're going to sue the city. And I that's just not a great situation to be in. And I don't want to, I don't want to expose us to that basically. Understood. Yep. Thank you. Uh, next up is Commissioner Howard. Thank, thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you very much for a very high quality presentation. I had a, just kind of a, a thinking out loud question. Uh, the city is requiring 1.2 BMR and they're pursuing the fee in lieu. And there was a mention that with SB 330, if you have 10% affordable units, then you have more flexibility in, in how you do stuff. Uh, if they were, if, if they weren't pursuing the fee in lieu and providing a one affordable unit, that would I believe meet the 10% threshold under SB 330 or is that a different, it depends on the level of affordability or something like that? Um, so I think they, they won't be doing both because they require 1.2. So they can anyways uh, provide one below market rate unit and pay the fee for the fractional unit. Okay. So since they're not doing it, that's why they'll have to go through the route of getting the approval from city council. But if they did that, then they would have been uh, subject to the state density bonus law and they could have requested waivers and incentives. Okay. And is it, with the fee in lieu, which I know that we we try to, the city's not very receptive to is my understanding. Um, so, so more power to them if they're pursuing that. Uh, is, is it, is it a cost savings overall or is it like, it, it I would imagine it would be a pretty substantial fee. So I think, uh, you know, the way I read it in the code, I think it's like 7% of the contract price for all the units. So that's the fee. And maybe the applicants can elaborate more on why they are making that choice. Okay. Yeah, I, I would favor the, 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 the one unit set aside, mm -hmm. generally speaking. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.
I have no other commissioner questions at this time, so I will go ahead and open the public hearing on this item. There is one applicant. Uh, 10 minutes is provided at the beginning of the public hearing to address the planning commission, along with five minutes at the end of the public hearing. Is there an applicant presentation? Uh, the mic address at like the, that end. Yeah, you should uh, not the end you're touching, but, the, but yeah, just push it up or down. Yeah, that that just up or down there. Okay, that's yeah, fair, like right? there. Okay, yeah, okay, you're good. Cool, cool, cool. I'm good. Um, thank you, everybody. Um, thank you for having us. Uh, thank you, Asa, for a very, very detailed um, presentation. And uh, I think uh, everybody in this room uh, saw and um, had a study section last time. So we pretty much know the project very well. And here to save everybody's time, I just do as quick as possible. Next page, please. <clears throat> so again, this is uh, a rendering we did. Uh, we have a huge... Um, Montreal Pie trees at the corner of the of the street. So uh, when we do the rendering, um, we are our intention is to keep the tree. So we put the tree over there, uh, and this is the rendering with the tree. And the next one, and um, take the tree out. We can see the elevation much better. Um, uh, planning department asked us uh, to do a different rendering to show uh, both for us much, much clearer. So this is the rendering we did uh, without tree. Next one. And uh, uh, this is a sort of the agenda uh, what I'm going to um, talk about uh, today. Only a few items. Next. Uh, of course, as I already um, mentioned everything or uh, and already explained everything, uh, I just try to emphasize a couple points as a as an architect here. Um, first of all, the uh, neighborhood massing. Uh, our neighbors, we have a two-story uh, from one side. Uh, if we see um, the same uh, drive. And uh, by the way, the other side we did not draw, which is, uh, if we look at the slides, our uh, left-hand side, which is across the street from the old San Francisco, is a two-story building, but however, that's a commercial building, and it's a um, medical building, I believe. Uh, it's a flat roof, so with the parapet, uh, the height, the total height, actually, we we, we don't really have the measurement, but uh, plus or minus probably fifteen feet uh, floor to floor height. So, uh, what I'm trying to say is uh, the massing is totally compatible two-story commercial with the cross street. Uh, three-story um, townhome and uh, on our neighbors, the two-story uh, slope roof uh, senior housing. And from the bottom elevation, uh, you can see our um, immediately adjacent um, uh, senior housing is two-story, of course, and we are proposed a three-story. And then um, the next project um, further is a four-story. So along the street, uh, four story, two story, three stories. So um, what we try to emphasize is it's uh, very compatible with our neighborhood. Next one. Mm -hmm. 
also already spent a lot of time to dis uh, to discuss the site plan. Here, it's just a couple things I would like to emphasize. Uh, yes, um, we have a um, huge challenge to lay out uh, the units. Um, of course, ideally, we would like to have more uh, units, the better. But however, the site const shape constraints, um, we are we had a hard time to put more units um, than we we want. Um, basically, it's because um, the parking requirement. We have to have a, uh, a two car garage for each unit, and then we have to have a driveway to back of the car out, and um, and also we need um, um, guest parking spaces. Uh, but we are um, very, very proud. Uh, we were able to um, put a 15 feet of the landscape between the, any um, building corner to the edge of the uh, walkway. Of course, um, the setback is counted from the property line to the building. Um, here, the landscape strip is from the um, inside uh, curb of walkway to the edge of the building. Um, we were able to do that. We are very proud. And on top of that, we have more other green spaces available on the site uh, to provide that to the future residents. Thank you. Next one. And uh, during last study section, I remember yeah, um, is it March 16, right? Um, yeah. In the study section, people asked uh, how can we attach the solar panel or a metro roof? Um, they heard uh, it's a difficulty to attach that. Uh, so here we just find a couple samples. And actually we did this kind of a project before. Uh, personally, I think that's it's the best way to attach that. It basically, the metro roof, a standing metro roof, they have a like a thing that just sort of have a certain connector just tie that. I think that's a pretty good way to do that. It's even though it's a little bit costly. It here that shows a couple of samples there. And on top of that, uh, we further refined our 3D. We put our solar panel um, by the actual number there and the actual size. So you can see we propose to put all the uh, solar panels on the inside of the U shape. So uh, it's sort of away from our uh, street view or public view. Um, and the worst case, if the metal roof not really can have a hard time to attach, attach that, we can change the material. For instance, like a presidential um, other materials and it, it, it won't affect the um, elevation view from the street. Probably too much, but anyway. <laughs> And also uh, last time, one of the major comments is about the side, uh, south side elevation. Um, of course, Asa mentioned in, uh, in her presentation. And here is just different views from the newly uh, updated model. We, uh, we added deck, uh, uh, actually balcony, and we um, lined up with the window with the functional, um, function which is behind uh, the powder room and the bathrooms and uh also we uh by doing that the 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 balcony created the shadow and the depth 
so I believe it's reaches the uh, south elevation one side. The other side is the special units of the ADA. Um, because all the other units we have a stoops like five feet away from the street, and the ADA requires um, the the smooth entrance from the street level. So we created a different uh, porch um, from the park side. So uh, it's uh, was another advantage is this even though the units layout is almost same, uh, but these two uh, uh, wings of the south elevation got enough variation and of course um we add more details like a low wall sign a low a signage wall a lower wall with a signage and also the um house number on each people uh, each uh, individual yard uh, of course the address haven't to be uh, haven't been uh, assigned this is just a placeholder uh even the street name um and the when I mentioned the lower wall, one thing I would like to um, take this opportunity to answer uh, commissioner's, um, commissioner's question about on uh, the noise level. Yes, um, based on the noise study, we are a little bit of shine over there, but quite close. And personally, as a designer, I don't want to see six feet tall fans along both streets. That's a little bit too much to me. Uh, but however, we create, we are designing a three and a half feet, but a solid fence um, or lower wall. Um, I believe normal fans, if like a wooden fence, they can block certain uh, noise, but not as efficient as a solid no matter stucco on um, 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 block or stucco on concrete or even stucco on uh, pressure treated wood uh, fence that probably can block better for the noise. And uh, on top of that, most of the noise is from the street, is from the wheel of the vehicle, and that normally is low. I, I cannot uh, act, I'm, I'm not a noise uh, expertise, I'm not able to say how much noise we can block, but I would say that's definitely help. Next one, please. And also um, planning department asked us to study uh, recess window versus the window we proposed. And we build both models and here the comparison. And in our um, personal feeling, we are we are sort of a proposed use of fabric glass, uh, neofin window, uh, which is very typical. Uh, yeah, it's clean and contemporary and very um, economical and very efficient. Uh, if, of course, we uh, technically we can do recess window for the building, uh, but definitely a um, couple of things will affect the building. One is we'll lose some square footage because the thickness of the wall, uh, six, uh, two by six, is just not able to achieve three inches uh, recess. We minimum, we have to use two by four. So we have to double the wall. Um, that's probably, uh, we'll lose a little bit of square footage for the interior. And also um, technically, of course, it's doable, but the waterproof will be a little bit of challenge for the near thing window. And uh, one and a half inches, you need to near that and also need to waterproof that. You might have to introduce um, the um, uh, metal flashing uh, for the seal 
um, and of course that will increase the cost and will have um, construction complication there. Uh, here we are open uh, suggestions. We, I think we can go both way, but of course um, our team will, would prefer um, not to do the recess window because um, the style of the architecture is really contemporary at this point. Apologies for the interruption. Chair, okay. the applicant's time has expired. Yeah, um, sure. actually, uh, yes, I'm going. This is the material and the color uh, to show we refine uh, a little bit. Uh, sorry, your your time has expired. Uh, if you want to continue, we can take time out of your five minutes to close, but you may also want that time to close. So thank you. That's perfect. I can stop right over here. Okay. The rest of the plans yes. it's just for in case if I have a question, I can do me. Okay. Thank you. Yes, and you do a, and you will have five minutes after at the end of the public hearing. Thank uh, you. So we'll go to uh, commissioner questions uh, for the applicant. Uh, first up is Commissioner Cerrone. So uh, thank you. I, I just wanted to follow up on the question about the ADA unit. So the uh, the ADA ramp. Well, first of all, if someone parks in the garage on that unit, then to get into the house, they have to go up the stairs, right? That's right. So if they want to use this ramp, they would have to go outside the garage, come around, get on the ramp and come up to the entrance, that, which is also stairs again, right? So you're exactly <laughs> not correct. sure what the point of that yeah, here, um, ramp is, but... Uh, uh, I just have a quick answer there. Um, probably not really um, perfect to make sense, but we did uh, quite a lot of projects. Uh, something like this, they have a certain percentage um, ask ADA units and in our um, project, uh, one is the minimum. And here what, is what we did. Um, these units, the outside shape is looks like other units, but actually at least the first floor is totally different. First of all, the entrance, the, as I mentioned earlier, the rest of the units, they have a stoops. When the entrance already half floor, so it's only half floor up to go to the living room. But however, this one, you're entering downstairs, your entrance is downstairs, which is relatively same level with the uh, outside. So you can get into the house without any ramp or very short ramp. Uh, and then at the first floor, that's the code requirement you have to have at least one occupied room or conditional room um, and meet the ADA requirement, like the doorways, the swing side, the, the pool, whatever, all that kind of detail requirement. And also minimum one bathroom is ADA, meets the ADA standard. And we did that. We met that. Um, well, of course, uh, the people can use the downstairs space, and which is kind of the same level with the, the garage. You can through right, the garage to get right. in there, and also we created a, a patio door. It's a um, uh, it's a sliding door. You can go to your yard. Uh, of course, I met. <laughs> I know your point is how can you use upstairs kitchen? And no, we are not able to right now at this point. But <laughs> the code doesn't really require. Do you think uh, stair lifts would be possible? It's kind of hard for the such a small footprint. It will have a challenge, but we are more than happy to study that. Um, a lot of a project we never really did that before. <laughs> yeah. hmm. Would you like to? Thank you. Um, 
Would you mind if I may add a comment to it? Yeah. Sure. You, you may, but please speak into the microphone. Oh, I'm Joyce. Yeah. With the group. California ADA is a federal law and into the building construction, it's called California Building Code. And the multifamily, it's 11A for privately, privately funded housing. And there's a different level of definition and requirements towards to the ADA requirement. We call disabled access. If it's apartment building, if it's, we call flats, then it's different. The doorway and the what, very detailed information there. And you need to then two story, even apartment is exempt from elevator. Then your question is how can you get up, right? See, because the, the requirement into different category of housing is different. And for this one, I think this is actually, even though you call it townhome, it is a single family because there's a real property in between. It's a zero uh, setback. It's a house attached to each other. So it's a really individual single family dwelling. But however, it's attached, right? So you can see all the doorway and we follow 11A, which is a housing accessibility. And uh, at the building permit stage, they work, watch very closely. Yes, yeah, so we meet all the requirements. And I believe at the lower level, garage level, uh, we do have a bathroom or a powder room that is accessible, not like a big wheelchair in the public restroom. It's per housing standard. And by the way, this uh, disabled access is not just for the wheelchair. How about the hearing impaired? How about the vision impaired? All kinds of things. So when we when they uh, develop a standard, right? Even though you have a stair to climb up, right? But some other people, they still disabled. They can't still go up. Yeah. Hope that answers your question. It's a building code issue. We are very fully ahead to comply with it. Thank you. Yeah, I, I understand you comply with the law. All right, thank you. Thank you. And next up is Commissioner Davis. Uh, thank you. I really like your attention to detail. I see a lot of details that are, I think we'll, we're going to make these really livable units. Um, on the windows, are you asking for some kind of waiver or exception? Because um, You mean the reset window? Yes. Oh, uh, actually, this is planning's um, suggestion, or they're, uh, they ask us to do the study and to follow the multi-family um, design, design guidelines. Right. And I believe um, the guideline, they have their rhythm because most of the multi-family have a big wall, long, big, and with a lot of punch windows. Mm -hmm. So to me, of course, um, the recess window will create more shadow and create more depths, will uh, reach the facade, definitely that's but our is townhouse. And we have divided the elevation already, um, three or four different segments. It, it's more like bay window already. So oh, yeah. I don't think that's the reason that's history. <laughs> it, it, with all the articulation, I, I see your point. I'm just, um, I guess the technical details are you, this wasn't um, listed as one of the, I don't know how to phrase it, one of the things that we need to approve um, in, in the staff. Probably not. Um, so, are, so are you formally requesting uh, uh, an exception? We or? have that over um, planning's uh, recommendation. 
okay. or comments. We have that. So, so, so maybe, not in the meeting problem. So maybe staff can help me out here. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, I can help you out with this. So this is a recommendation we did. It's not based on the design standards because we didn't have objective standards for recessing, but it's generally a good policy to recess the windows so that you add kind of, you know, like a three-dimensional or like a detail to the elevation. So, oh. so because of the SP330 and there are a couple of weeks before our our objective design standards, then there's really nothing for us to approve here. Uh, they can yeah, do because, it. Yeah, they, they are not subject to the objective design standards, uh, but that's our policy. So we just recommended them to recess the window, but it's not a requirement. But it's not a requirement. So the so we don't have to approve it. They can just do no. it. Okay, thank you. I, I'm very clear now. Thank you. Thank and you. just to clarify, this project uh, submitted an uh, three, SB 330 application before the new citywide uh, guidelines went to effect for multifamily so in those guidelines we do have a objective standard for recess windows so moving forward we'll, we'll see more of those fortunately thank you thank you thank you thank you uh that's all for commissioner questions uh so uh i have no speaker cards on this item are there speaker cards <clears throat> Okay, I have one speaker card on this item, but it has two names on it. Uh, so I uh, you okay, so I was gonna say you can both speak and, and it would be under two different time limits. So you'd actually have more time if you spoke if you both spoke individually. I'll I'll just throw that out there. So uh, okay, uh I'll just do this, I'll just do this in the regular in what I what I know as the regular order. Uh, first up is Diane Lord, followed by Barbara Maselli. Uh, you have three minutes. Okay. And and again, if you both want to speak, you'll have three minutes each. First of all, let me say um, thank you for um, this presentation. It. Let me say this: it certainly will be an improvement visually on that lot. It's pretty bad right now. We are, I will say though, very surprised that you can get eight units in that tiny little corner. Um, but if you can do it, you can do it. As far as the noise, there's lots of noise. I'm, I'm a little baffled by that one. Not only is the traffic in the last couple of years increased hugely at that corner, um, but not to put too fine a point on it, um, our facility life's garden that surrounds it, like an L, um, it's 55 plus, but primarily the residents there are anywhere from uh, generally about 75 to 100. Very elderly, many pretty feeble, um, but there are several that have cars. And so our main problem is I have not heard anything about the fact that there is no street parking around this facility. So if they have guests, where are they gonna park? Well, let's be honest, right next to them is our parking lot and our parking spaces are gold. There aren't many of them. They recently redid them so that we'd have a couple of more visitor spaces we get uh, emergency vehicles there all times of the night 
frequently. I'd say every week there's probably three or four calls with emergency. Um, but mostly we're concerned about the noise, the disruption as far as being able to get in and out. That is the area where the main door is. Um, people park all along there, so the building may be a little further, but their cars are all right there. Um, and when people come to visit this place, I don't see that there are any visitors parking. Where are they going to park? They're going to look in our parking place. Even though there are signs, you all know, people aren't going to pay any attention to that. They'll see visitor spaces. They'll see handicapped spaces. They'll see people who have gone to the market and left their space, even though it's uh, marked. We've had this experience before. They're just going to pull in and park there. So that's one of our biggest concerns, as well as disruption in um, you know, street activity, uh, being able to get in and out of the parking lot, uh, noise, uh, dirt, dust. And we all know that uh, Sunnyvale does not complete, yeah, I'm out, doesn't complete their projects Thank on you. time generally. Uh, and I actually did have a question. Um, uh, how, what is the, the current process, if there is one, for parking enforcement at the facility? Like there really isn't. They have cameras, but they don't even have staff on duty after about four o'clock in the afternoon. Okay, so like I, what I, we would like, have to do is call, um, I guess, someone to come tow the, the, yeah. the car. But, you know, we don't know. Is it somebody visiting them? Is it somebody visiting one of the residents? We don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, because I, in my, there's a sign because in, in my apartment complex, I just know that there's if somebody's parking in one of our assigned spots, I know, I know there's a workflow I can go through to basically get the person towed. I just was curious if there's something similar. No, they have cameras. They're they're not really sure what to do about it because it is it is going to be a problem. Thank you. Okay. And again, if you if you want to speak, you have three minutes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, uh, I have no other in-person speaker cards. Uh, uh, is anyone else interested in speaking on this agenda item before we hear from remote speakers? I was going to say app the applicant time will be after we hear from remote speakers. Uh, recording officer, do we have any remote participants wishing to speak on this item? Not at this time, Chair. Thank you. Uh, in that case, we will go back to the applicant. You have five minutes at the end. You can use this time to respond to concerns from the public or anything else that you wish to, to address. Hi, it's Joyce again. Hi. Um, I just want to take this very valuable moment to thank you, City of Sunnyvale Planning Department. Uh, you may already know us for several years, right? Our project goes to today's hearing. It's really a big milestone for us because it was so difficult at the beginning. We, we developed apartment, 19 units, right? Then almost at the public stage. You all know that. And a few years ago, why we end up like this? And I don't want to say it again, but I just want to thank you, Astra, and thank you, Plenty. You guys helped guide us and support us and challenge us 
and that there's nothing in this in one area is easy, none. But we somehow we made it today. I really I just want to thank you, and also I just want you to know why. Number one, I think Henry, you already mentioned, it's today's market, it's today's construction cost. You know that it's already doubled, doubled, and 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 we we had 19 units perfectly. We go with a SBE 330, right? We got all the bonus, everything designed. We cannot build it. No contract would take it. Then all our money and the time, two years wasted. We come to here, thank you for the support. She wants us to do 10. We figured out we can't and we do. Finally, we made an eight. And even eight, neighbors may think it's too much, right? If it's a four, I, I know, I know, I understand. But we have to look at the zoning. This is zoned. Look at that area. It's perfect for the senior, right? I would say so. I may want to have one. So that's the thing. And we pro, uh, provide the ownership for that, which is very good. We did market study. The small family, they can have younger parents. They can have more kids suitable for this. And for elderly, yeah. <laughs> but still, this is very, very good spot for a family-oriented uh, 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 location so i just want to say uniqueness you consider we try we have a four visitors parking now and uh, yeah and because this is not just a in and out apartment every year six months people move right this is ownership so i think the street parking i know your concern i think it should be much less than we saw you know like a random you know that's my comments uh, thank you. And you have a couple questions from commissioners. Uh, first up is Commissioner Howard. Sorry, my question is going to be for staff. Uh, okay. I was going to say, if you want to get in before we close the public hearing, you can still do it now. But uh, okay. Next up is Commissioner Shuklum. Micro microphone. Sorry, I know today is like my yeah. I'm pressing different buttons. <laughs> so did you uh, submit for uh, 15 apartments permit a uh, couple of years, but in 2000 can you come to the microphone speaker? please can you come to the speaker please yeah so did you submit in 2019 yeah several years ago it was a three or four story four story and the contemporary style. actually it's very nice building and the apartment with a, a semi underground parking so and what level did you get permit it was it went through planning and building we already went through the study session planning commission we outreach that at the public hearing stage we at that stage we went to get a contractor involved right that's why we got hit got it got it thank yeah, you so you, you, you can't can. you, you, that's why we waste two years Oh, I understand now. So you came up with a market study that what is available for you to sell it and make, and also make we are it. able to build it. Okay. Otherwise, this is just a well done single family, right? Okay. So thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you. Uh, okay, I will. Okay, I will go ahead and close the public hearing on this item. Uh, and I will ask for discussion or a motion from my colleagues. Uh, Commissioner Howard. Sorry, I'm still getting used to the 
icon is totally different over here. Uh, a quick question for staff. If we go for um, alternative one, is the planning commission in any way uh, endorsing the the fee in lieu for the below market rate units? Or? No, that's okay. not part of the discretion. They'll have to go through a separate process. So we don't have to say, oh, I don't have to modify saying, oh, blah, blah, blah. No. Just we, we, we're, it's not our department. You guys will figure it out. Right. Thank it's not part much. of that. So All right. Thank you. Thank you. Next up is Commissioner Davis. I thought maybe there would be someone before me, but let's go ahead and go. Uh, so th th there's uh, th th there's a lot I like about this. Um, thank you for the color about um, how you tried to put 19 units before and um, it's just not buildable, right? Um, that really drives the point home that this is a peculiar uh, a peculiar shape. Um, things I really like about this, I really like it that it's ownership units. Um, I like the size. Uh, these are, it's quite a bit bigger than my house, actually. Um, um, but I understand, you know, I'm looking at the prospect of a three-generation household not too long from now myself. And um, having 2,500 square feet or so, it gives you a lot of flexibility to be able to accommodate those types of things. I, I really salute that. Um, and I think that matches uh, the demographics of Sunnyvale, um, where this where the city's moving to. Um, I, I like how you've, um, even though you don't have to, you've complied with almost all the objective standards. Um, I'm a big stickler for objective standards. I like the sidewalk walking, widening. Considering the, considering the shape of the lot and the construction difficulty, I understand why. I, I would have liked to see more units. Um, the set... I, you have good reasons for everything. Um, my initial impression is that the setback to the street could have been a little bit bigger, uh, sacrificing some of the setback perhaps to the adjacent properties. Uh, but I understand where you're going. Um, but yeah, I, going back, I really like the livability details that coming in. Um, 50, squ 50 square feet more on your garage so you can have your bins in. Um, that's one of those things that you experience every day. Uh, and I really like the, the detail that you're bringing to this. And I hope other developers will do similar things. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Next up is Commissioner Shukla. I also want to uh, go and, you know, applaud you for listening to our study session, what we recommended, and you have included every point out of it. And I really appreciate the elevation change which I really wanted to see and it's really has made a difference and that made that you need more ADA uh, compliant and I do think that um, it's better to have a living room uh, and the bathroom at that one level and it could be you know a multi-generational family can come and live there and I, I would I would like to, even though they are single family home connected to each other like townhomes but still it has potential to live multi-generational as my fellow commissioner said and I also I I would I would make sure that you make the fence at three feet because I've seen the apartments in Mountain View where they have to to get the privacy and to reduce the noise they have made the fences five feet and six feet and those blocks are are dead in the night 
there is no, I mean, so this one, I think this will be the first project uh, where in the commercial street is going to bring uh, a residential scale to it. And uh, it will, it's like a model to create a vibrancy on that street. And I do appreciate, I do agree that the parking is a problem. When I went to see it, I did the same thing. I went to the driveway on the side to check it out, this property. So I know that instinctively you, uh, you just uh, go to the second, the next door property. But I, I think it would be so good to uh, maybe if that problem, that parking lot is not used, maybe there is some kind of uh, uh, partnership that you can do with HOA that they can lend it or no, it's not possible. Anyway, this is just, I was trying to come up with some solution that could be, and that is the problem in the whole city. Uh, and hopefully um, we have parking on the streets on that side. I have no idea, but we, that is a different pro different problem, but I cannot solve it for that one. But I just want to say that this is a good project and I do appreciate the, uh, the, the type of trees you have chosen. Uh, and that will probably insulate some sound from uh, from the road uh, to the frontage of both five units. And only concern I had was the uh, the the common space you have at the back, and that should have some light, so then people can use it in the night. Um, the dogs can they take it or something. But anyway, this is a good project, and I would uh, I would support it completely. Uh, thank you. Next up is Commissioner Howe. Yeah, I'd like to make a motion. My understanding is you actually have to have a motion in a second before you discuss the, oh, sorry, the motion. Sorry. No, that's my understanding. Okay. I move alternative number one, make the required findings to approve the CEQA determination that the project is categorically exempt from further environmental review pursuant to CEQA guidelines section 15. 33.2, as noted in attachment three, and approve the special development permit and the tentative map subject to the findings in attachment three and recommended conditions of approval, including the two items that were corrected by the staff at the start of the meeting. Thank you. Commissioner Howard? Commissioner Howard wishes to second the motion. Thank you. Commissioner Howe. I think everybody's talked quite a bit about it, and I'm sorry about the parking, but they meet all the requirements. The fact that it's... um. Um, zoned high density residential. I don't think you could get another unit on there unless you cut the square footage of each and every one of them. So that's it. Thank you, Commissioner Howard. Uh, I support the project. Thank you for all the other esteemed commissioners for staying everything that's worth saying. Uh, it's unfortunate the 19 units didn't pencil out, but this looks like a nice project and I hope that you are able to execute it successfully. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Cerrone. Uh, thank you, Chair. I'm happy to support this motion. Uh, I think this is an excellent project. A lot of detail has gone into it. Um, I mean, regarding the setbacks, uh, my perception is right now we we really have no setback requirements. Uh, any developer that says, well, we can't build as many units as we'd like because of the setback, the setbacks are are automatically waived so I, I don't i don't feel like we have any setback requirements anymore um and you know i think they've made good uh compromises here 
for the street parking, uh, isn't there parking on Old San Francisco? Uh, I would I would note that the public hearing has been closed. Right, right. I think I mean I think I parked over there when I was and and of course there's the uh, medical center that closes at night and there's Dick's Sporting Goods uh, across the street. So that there are you know some other not that they necessarily want people parking there, but uh, and. Uh, you know, just as a comment, I, I don't, I don't feel like that short uh, noise wall will, no matter what it's made of, will make any significant difference on the noise going into the units. But um, it, it may be good for decorative reasons. I don't know, but so, but at any rate, I'm, um, I'm happy to support this uh, motion and approve this project. Thank you. Uh, next up is Commissioner Davis. Okay. Um, as expected, I'll be supporting the motion um, for all the reasons I stated before. Um, just a note about parking. Uh, they meet all the requirements, so we don't have a basis to not approve it. Um, the fact that there isn't street parking in this area is from a public policy perspective, that's actually a good thing. Um, street parking is a huge subsidy for car drivers, for automobile owners. Um, we all pay for it. Um, and the fact that everyone has to basically buy their own parking in this area is actually a cleaner public policy situation. Uh, so I'll be supporting the, the motion. And once we vote, thank you. Thank you. And I'll be supporting the motion. Uh, I do think it's a little sad that it was not feasible to build more units on this site. I got into the I got into the zoning requirements a bit earlier, but I would have really liked to have at least gotten to that 75% level of, of nine units, let alone the 19 that we saw at a study session a couple of years ago. But also I get it. Like if I like realistically speaking, if we turned around and said, no, we're denying this project because there are too few units, then I figure one of two things would happen. Number one, uh you come back with something that we wouldn't be able to deny using using the density bonus law or some other state housing law. And I doubt we would actually get any more units out of it because as mentioned, it, as mentioned, it's economically infeasible to do so on the site or B we just wouldn't have a project going forward. Instead of eight units, we'd get one unit that is currently there. And I don't think that helps me, that helps me. And I don't think voting that way would help me achieve my public policy goal of trying to get, of trying to build the site to, to R4. Uh, so, so again, so I'm just, I just want to make it very clear that that's not that if anybody else is looking back at this hearing, I'm not, this is not a, this is not a general case of saying I'm flexible on this. This is me looking at the specific site and just looking at the specific economic conditions and being like, yeah, this is what's, this is what, this is clearly what pencils the applicants clearly were interested in building to the, to the required density, but it was not feasible. Uh, the, the other thing I'd like to, uh, and I would also say to Commissioner Cerrone's point, I do think we would technically be justified in objecting to the, the, the deviation because, again, this is not a density bonus project. There is no automatic way for a concession for it. However, I do think the setback deviation here is reasonable and I'm and I'm fine making the findings to support it. The other thing I'd like to highlight about this project that I don't think has really been mentioned much 
is that you're complying with our green space standards. Like, you know, like there have been so many times we've been here and being like hearing and the applicant has requested a waiver of the park of the park of the 50% parking shading requirements. And then I'm just being like, well, I have to approve it because of state law, but you're creating a heat island effect. Can you look at the paving? Can you blah, blah, blah? Can you look at having better street, having better shading trees, blah, blah, blah. I'm not doing that for this project. You meet the 50% parking lot shading requirement. You're proposing nice street trees along old San Francisco, along Cezanne that will act, that will make it more pleasant to walk. It's 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 honestly a refreshing change to be able to just say that about a project and not be looking for ways from the dais to impose that kind of thing. Uh, and I I and I I like that you're having ownership opportunities. I'm I'm honestly a little on it being three story townhouses just because we get so many applications for three story townhouses. But like this, but like it is what will fit on this lot, and I. And I and I think it's ultimately going to be a good project. Uh, to the parking situation, I am honestly very sympathetic to this to, to the next situation next door. I have experienced people. I like on on my in my little parking complex. I have the parking spot that's on the very end. So a lot of so I've actually had quite a few times. I'm getting back from like a late night here and like hearing or something, and I found somebody that's just parked there. Usually it's not even for that long. Usually it's just for ten minutes because my spot's the most con convenient. But being like, hey, you need to move. This is my parking spot. But like I think that I I but I don't. I honestly don't think that's a, that's something we can address. I this does have appropriate parking for the site conditions. There isn't much more room for parking aside from doing something extremely expensive like undergrounding, which I suspect would make the entire project economically unfeasible, or by removing units for more parking, which I would frankly not support on policy grounds. Uh, the I I think the I think the way forward, and I this might be this would just be having a better parking enforcement system at at the at the next neighboring facility and I don't I don't know how how to best accomplish that frankly but I I think that is your best way forward I I know I I know I get emails from my landlord all the time basically saying hey if you're the insert vehicle here parked in space x you have you have 10 minutes to move it or it's getting towed like mm -hmm. i getting some kind of enforcement on that level like maybe having like visitor actual visitor passes that you have to that like have to be given to the visitors to display in their vehicles something like that i don't know i'm not a parking i'm not a rental parking expert but just I suspect that's probably the best way going forward. Uh, but I'm, but again, this is a good, this is a good project. It meets, it substantially meets the requirements and I can make the findings that for all the deep, for the required deviations, I can make the sequel fi findings and the, spe the special development permit findings and a tentative map. And I can't make any of the adverse tentative map findings. So I'll be supporting this project with that. Recording officer, uh, please conduct a roll call vote. Commissioner Howe. Yes. Commissioner Shukla. Commissioner Davis. Yes. Chair Pine. Yes. Commissioner Cerrone. Yes. Commissioner Howard. 
Yes. The motion passes with six yeses and Vice Chair Glass is absent. Uh, thank you. Uh, and what is the fate of this project? The project is approved and may be appealed within 15 days. Thank you. And of course, and of course, that's and of course, that's subject to the affordable housing stuff we talked about earlier. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Yep. And uh, with that, the Planning Commission stands in recess until 8.36 p.m.
Yep. Yep. Okay. Planning Commission will come back to order at 8.36 p.m. Uh, so that was our last public hearing item. So that brings us to standing item, consideration of potential study issues. This is information only. Uh, so that brings us to non-agenda items and comments. Uh, planning commissioners, uh, as a reminder to my colleagues, use the raise hand feature button if you wish to speak on uh, non-agenda items. Seeing none, uh, staff comments. Planning officer, do you have any non-agenda items or comments? Uh, just a couple, actually. Um, just a city council meeting tomorrow night. Uh, there's an appeal for the Crescent Avenue project. Um, and then the September 11th planning commission meeting has been canceled. We don't have any items, so you get a Monday night back. Yay. And um, there'll be a joint uh, meeting with the city council and the chairs and vice chairs of the boards and commissions. Um, that'll be in November 14th. And then uh, lastly, the DPS training um, regarding the new council chambers has been moved out to October 21st, sorry, 24th. So I think they're still working it out, but um, you guys keep checking on it every time you come in. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and that takes us to adjournment. Uh, this meeting of the Sunnyvale Planning Commission is adjourned at 8.37 p.m. And I want to thank everyone for your participation in tonight's meeting. <laughs>